0: Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast. Living large in New York, I'm your host Michael Nunez. My co-host today, Dave Anderson, and our producer William Jeffries. Our esteemed guest, Sophie Kreutz, and our special guest Raymond Lamb. And today we'll be talking about software development and note taking. It's a full house. It's a full house, baby the gang is all here. <laughs> <laughs> the gang is back online at the same time. And we're talking about different strategies that we use to take notes in our everyday software development lives. I think in a previous conversation, as mentioned, you know, you're working eight hours plus, how do you remember all the things you did within the eight hours? And how do you remember what to say in stand-up the next day? Because I often forget. So I have to use some of these tools we'll talk about to remember these things. I guess I'll ask, Dave, why do you take notes?
1: Why do I take notes? I take notes not so much so I can look at them later, but so that like I can kind of organize the information in my brain and have a better recall later. So I, I don't think... If I have like a bunch of note cards on my desk uh, and I throw them all away, I'm not really too sad at the end of the day. But I think I think I could do better. I think there could be something that's like uh, more permanent and like more of a reference. Which I hear that some of us actually have some some good good systems in place for their note taking.
0: Uh, yeah, because if you asked me what applications I would use to take notes. I would have told you VS Code. If I was on the Windows machine, it would probably would have been Notepad. But there's also different... I know individuals use other pieces of software. I know there are people who use Notion. But in writing up this outline, we found that Raymond is a specialist, as I would say. Better than me, of course, in note-taking. And there's a method that that is used, which is called the... And someone correct me. The Zettelkasten method. Method. It is the Zettelkasten method. Raymond, what is what is the Zettelkasten?
2: The Zettelkasten method is a way for us to break down our notes into atomically uh, sized ideas and topics, and then we can rearrange them and systematically organize important information so that we can find these or reference these notes. Like years later, so think of it like as a big journal of atomic notes that you can reference to each other and link to each other, and it helps us synthesize new ideas, uh, so that you can generate you know new new questions, ask new questions, you can create sort of these new topics, and you can find really. Uh, divergent ideas and bring them together and then, you know, ask new questions and around those ideas. But it's, it's an integrated system for dealing with, you know, the knowledge in your life and it acts as an amplifier for your endeavors and the, the reason I take notes is not so much as, you know, for a reference, it's, it's more for so that I have a easier way to access the information I think of it as like a cache system, you know, I just want to find things that I need as soon as possible, right? So it, it just takes, you know, a, just like a search bar, you just need to search that one particular title of the note and then or a particular topic of a, uh, a note and then it's going to pop up right away. I don't want to be buried under, you know, Wikipedia and just looking through all these other things while I have a shortcut. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was surprised to read about this note taking system and see that it's actually like like has a good amount of history to it like in terms of like just taking notes on index cards and then putting them basically in shoeboxes which seems like the most chaotic way to take notes possible <laughs> <laughs> how shoe do you boxes. how do you make sh- make sure that like when you're taking all these like small notes that like they still maintain cohesive you know relationship and yeah. you can still find something in it.
2: What I do is I index it by the particular date right and the way I reference the notes between them is using this index on a particular date at a particular time right So say for example, today at 9:45 pm or 9:45 a.m I created this note and I have a specific title on it and I reference it with that particular timestamp right, on this note. And then I can reuse this sort of index on another note and that's how I make those connections. So, there's backlinks to between them and then you can have links around like a chain link of all your ideas and then you can follow through like, oh, what is my thought process? What is, you know, my train of thinking? And that's what led to me like, you know, developing and studying this sort of Zettelkasten method and it really makes me think like why am I thinking in a particular way and yeah, (laughs) it's not for everybody but the physical form of taking the notes in the Zettelkasten method is like you said, is using index cards but digitally we would be using some software like Obsidian, right? Or some people prefer Roam Research or some other type of virtual Zettelkasten uh, note-taking app.
1: I'm like really amazed at the the sheer number of options that are available to take notes today. Like it's something that seems like it's really took off. I, like I kind of remember like back in college, like discovering OneNote, like Microsoft OneNote. And it was like, oh, wow, like this is kind of revolutionary. It's not just Notepad but it's really come quite far from from that like with with all these different markdown driven notes taking systems. Sophie, you have any
0: you have any uh any particular pattern you follow when you're taking notes? Are you index card person, IE me who keeps a pile and never references them again until I have to throw them out? Uh, or do you have a much better system in place?
3: Oh gosh, well I think I use a couple of different systems similar to your index card approach. I do sometimes use post-it notes and the use case I would say for post-it notes is as scratch paper, for instance, right? Like you need to kind of work something out real quick, write it down in a post-it note. And that reminds me of the flow-based note-taking approach, which is one of the methods that we found in our research. Basically, the idea is that you're using the flow-based note-taking approach to get something out of the session in which you're taking notes and to get your, like your learning into long-term memory better. So it's not so much the kind of note-taking where you're going to actually come back and reference it again, but it's to be used in the session itself. So it's a little bit like just a, a natural like thought progression. You're writing down like what you're thinking, what you're learning in that moment. And then potentially using a different note-taking system to reference back to it later. Which in that case, I might use something like the Cornell method. Are you familiar with that?
1: Yeah, I um I had done some research on the Cornell method a while back. And it was something that I really wanted to try because it seems it seemed like a kind of sustainable method where like you can have like more unstructured notes uh, like you kind of divide the page up into different quadrants and so the majority of the page is like for stream stream of consciousness like as you go taking notes and then you pull out in a left margin the main thoughts and then at the bottom of the page you summarize each of those pages as you're, as you're going and I, I kind of like that like how it kind of builds up onto each other i'm always jealous of people who have beautiful notebooks and like it just comes out (laughs) fully formed and they have like this pie chart and like a graph and you know they have proper margins around things like what they're using white space like i i just i just want to use every inch of every card like which I, i think is a little self-defeating i i I think that using the white space and like kind of blocking out different areas is is helpful for making it uh useful as a reference
3: reminds me of when in uh high school or middle school or whatever it was they used to make us get out the ruler and then like measure two inches from the right side of the page or something like
1: that (laughs) (laughs) yeah your your notebook will be graded (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that college ruled, you know.
0: <laughs> William, you're a man who who's moving around a lot. Uh, I imagine physical note taking is something you probably do, and probably have to keep around and in your in your luggage and stuff as well. Are you a physical writer, digital writer, and what are what are your, some of you?
4: So, i I think of note taking. The kind of note taking that I do falls into one of basically three categories. There's Organizing ideas, like if you're starting a new project and, you know, for that I usually will have a, either just a Google Doc or, or maybe a collection of notes in like an Evernote notebook or some of the more traditional note taking tools that you might have learned in school. Same for future reference, which is another category of note taking where I feel like the, the tools that I was taught in school seem to work relatively well. But there's a third kind of note-taking that I think I was never really prepared for, and that was that's for keeping track of the stack. You know, when we're programming, we tend to build up these very deep stacks where it's like, okay, I need to build a login page. So first I need to, you know, set up a package that is going to handle my login for me. Oh, but in order to do that I need to update my package manager. Oh, but in order to do that I need to upgrade my version of the language. Oh, but in order to do that I need to, you know, it's like you end up so deep down into the stack that you can end up forgetting what it was that you were doing in the first place and it's like now I'm really deep into researching different language version management tools. And so why did I need to do that? Oh, that's right. I have a story I'm working on. That's
1: the classic uh, yak that needs shaving somewhere down there. <laughs>
4: exactly. Why am I shaving this yak again? Oh, that's right. <laughs> so what I find is that note-taking can be a trail of breadcrumbs to lead you back to what it was you were working on in the first place. And those periodic checks where you think to yourself, okay, big picture, what is it that I am trying to accomplish, what have I tried so far, and what remains to be tried, so that periodically you can check and say, is this a valuable rabbit hole to continue to explore? That, I think, is something that note-taking can add to your, your programming toolkit, especially if you do a lot of pair programming because as navigator that's kind of an important part of your job making sure that the rabbit hole that you're currently in is promising uh, and knowing when to call it and say we need to find a new rabbit hole to fall down so what i like to do is have a kind of a stream of consciousness that i keep running not just if i'm a navigator but also if i'm soloing and it works sort of like a rubber duck Where as you're programming, you're taking notes on on what it is that you're doing and what it is you're planning on doing next. And then periodically you can have that check in with yourself. As an added benefit, at the end of your workday, if you look through your stream of consciousness, (laughs) which can be very messy, you can go ahead and summarize that into a few bullets that highlight everything that you did that day, which can be really difficult to remember at the end of the day. And that's a good thing to share out to your colleagues, and it's also really useful for putting together your stand updates. So on the on the projects where I have been good about leaving that trail of breadcrumbs for myself, I have been able to come up with, you know, some of the cleanest, most concise stand up updates on the team. <laughs> Which is pretty huh. braggable, you know.
3: It is.
1: People are like, wait, like this guy's got he's just getting shit done. <laughs>
3: Maybe this goes without saying, but another implied question here, along with all these different systems, is: Do you type your notes, or do you write your notes, or do you take voice notes? What do we use here?
4: I have a really hard time with written notes because uh, I'm left-handed, so I smudge everything as I go. My handwriting is so bad that even I have a hard time reading it. Like it's just really painful. So, so even though I will admit that it is really good for memory reinforcement. I personally prefer to use a keyboard, or if I'm on the go, then I will do voice notes. I do think voice notes can be really valuable. Do you do voice notes, Sophie?
3: Sometimes I do, maybe especially when I'm like practicing something musically. But yeah, I I use that sometimes. I also have thought that maybe I would achieve ultimate note-taking power if I just took notes on a typewriter but I have yet to confirm this theory
1: <laughs> that would be like so hipster if you're like pairing with someone and like you know they got their clacky keyboard and it's like oh wow Movement like typewriter. so satisfying you're like oh, okay like well I'm not going to touch my keyboard I'll touch my typewriter and then you're just like <laughs>
4: I love that. (laughs) I
1: want to live in like this steampunk world where everyone's taking notes on typewriters. Maybe like prints it to punch card in the end.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. I
1: actually have not used the voice
0: recording method. I feel like for me, voice recording is like recording a video of like when you're at a concert, like it's great when you're recording the video, but I never look at that video again. And I feel like that's the same thing that's going to happen if I listen to the voice note, at least with the index cards, it's a mess around me and I have to address it sooner or later, but voice notes is just like, up. Oh, it's, it's in, you know, it's saved somewhere. And then I don't, I don't listen to it.
1: I don't call back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you have them automatically transcribed, I think that makes it easier. Yeah, there are like really good Mm. transcription programs. I think I think the Android Voice Notes automatically transcribe now, and there's Descript. I think that that seems like such a cool tool. Uh, I haven't haven't given them any of my money yet, but I always think about it.
2: Yeah, I actually use the Apple Siri to actually transcribe my notes into notes, and then I just. Rip that out of uh, iCloud and then straight into Obsidian afterwards. Because when you're driving and you have like these weird ideas, <laughs> you need some. You don't. You don't have a person next to you when you're driving yeah. sometimes. So you just have to pull Siri up and ask her a question.
1: <laughs> so sometimes like those notes can get like really wonky. Like the the you're looking back at like what it thought you said and it's like that's <laughs> insane. That's insane. But I, I do love that. It's like hey Siri. I know I'm driving here, but like bear with me for a moment. I got a crazy idea.
0: So it sounds like there are many different ways and types to, to note take. You can write notes uh, for future you in a way that in a system that allows you to call back to those things. I think uh, Raymond had called that with the zettel method. There's the, you know, the flow-based writing that was mentioned before alongside with the stack Writing and knowing where you are in the stack to keep yourself in tune with the work that you're doing. You know, I definitely will try my best to do some more research on the Zettelkasten because that's another application I can install into my laptop that'll cause it to slow down, but hopefully for a good cause. And may you all write awesome notes. And if you have any more interesting note taking strategies, feel free to hit us up. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit, so we can keep the conversation going.